Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 71 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. This week I'm taking you to meet Pratchy Gothy. Pratchy studied her BA over in Mumbai and then moved to London to study her MA at Chelsea. She's an abstract artist that has definitely brought the colours of Mumbai over here to London. Pratchy and I have only known each other for a few weeks, but we have spoken together quite a lot in that time, and obviously because of social distancing we've not been able to meet in person. But we're both showing in the VR show, which we obviously talk about in this episode. I must add, this podcast was recorded on Zoom, using their built-in recording software, so the quality isn't as good as it could be. But that doesn't detract from the content of this podcast one little bit. So please, come with me and meet Pratchy Gothy. How did you find the experience of the VR show last time anyway? It was really good, you know, like uh, with lockdown, I was a bit like, oh, how, how are people going to like see my work or how do I, you know, how do we go on with this? And then just to have this opportunity and then to see so many new faces and, you know, just to be able to talk. It was amazing. Because how did you show your work before? Well, just through shows and, you know, enter competitions and just yeah. one usually does it, yeah. Yeah, it was hard. And, and where did you see about the VR show? Well, so this is interesting because uh, Instagram, the archer started following me and I'm like, who is this new follower? <laughs> that was handy. <laughs> And then I just saw, oh, I was looking for such opportunity. Like, you should apply. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
Oh, nice. And it's amazing because the, the other 10 artists that were in the show with us, I mean, they're not just amazing artists. They're such amazing people. They are, and aren't they? It was so, I'm so grateful to be like part of this. And we're doing one again on the 4th of June. So I didn't know anyone. I didn't. And now I'm literally going on like to everyone saying, can we have a chat separately? Because I don't know anybody. So it's just amazing. They're all you, so amazing. You were saying you've only been in the UK 10 years. Yes. Where did you come from? So I grew up in Mumbai and um, I did my bachelor's of fine art in Mumbai yeah. and then I came here to do my masters from Chelsea College of Art and Design and then you know stayed. How did, <laughs> stayed how did you find that at Chelsea? That, that was I think life-changing for me because yeah. um, the course that I sort of did in in India is very traditional it's taught very very traditionally and um, I think when I came here, they encouraged me to sort of break a lot of barriers, not in terms of just painting, but like in terms of what I thought and stuff as well. Yeah. So. And did you come over here with your husband or did you meet your husband here? No, so we were dating before. Uh, we met in uni in Mumbai. And then he came to do his master's in architecture here. And I came to do my master's. In oh, so a couple of and masters in the of... same household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so it just kind of yeah worked out. And you've since had a son over here who yeah, is a young. Is he a young master? Oh my god, he is so inspiring when he paints. I I actually shed a little tear. I'm like, oh my god, he's my little Saitomli. He's... <laughs> You know, it really inspires yeah. me to go to go like, oh my god, what if I what if I scribbled this fast? Like, you know, <laughs> it would be more dynamic, my work. Yeah. <laughs> so we're recording this on Zoom. Yeah. So um, I should say I'm with Prachi Gothi. Yeah. We're recording this on Zoom, mm -hmm. um, and I have seven questions, Prachi, which okay. I ask each artist. The first being, how would you explain what you do to somebody that didn't know your work? So, I am an abstract painter. I make large, energetic paintings exploring conflicting human emotions through the use of my vibrant yet restrained colour palette and also through line, form and colour. Oh, texture. Well, your colour palette is definitely colourful, isn't it? <laughs> yep. It is. Um, how do you start your paintings? Interesting, because um, it's a bit of a mix, but I, so, so you can see, if you, if you see my works, you can see that I like to work a lot with like push and pull of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see um, that. So um, I need to have like a definitive starting point of where my pull is going to be. Mm. So um, once I've established that, then the painting sort of takes over from there. But I need to understand where it's going to pop out and where it's going to sort of proceed. Into yeah, you do have a sort of central form. Yes. As if it's floating in a, yeah. a very colourful background. It's kind of like I like to let the form be in transit, like as if it's becoming something. It feels I don't that. like to have it completed. 
Um, I like to, I like my works to sort of pulsate. So, you know, as a viewer, if you, so as a viewer, hopefully you're like sucked in and then you're also sort of thrown out Mm. and then you're sort of sucked in again and, and then you're thrown out again. So I really like that. So like I said, when I work with a lot of conflicting human emotions as well, it's kind of like, um, you know, for example, how a situation can make you feel happy and sad at the yeah, same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how a person you can love but can be really frustrating as well at the same time. Yeah. And, and the more I sort of think about that, the more I realize that I've experienced this dichotomy since childhood because uh, going back to Mumbai, just a, just a simple example is like, um, my dad is, you know, a pharmacist, so fairly working class background. I had, you know, three, three meals a day, you know, a decent childhood, I can say. Mm. But as soon as you get out of the house, there's like so many homeless people. India has like the largest slum in Asia. And you do feel really, really sad seeing all these children and everything. But then because you're growing up there, you kind of get immune to it. Yeah, desensitized. It, yeah, exactly. And then you know you're de desensitized to it. But then, of course, you do what you can to help and everyone does. But then there's only so much that you can do, right? Because it's a wider picture. And then um, and I, I, I used to only be reminded of it again if someone from another country came over and, you know, would be baffled by how direct and in your face that is. Mm. And like, yeah, 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 it is a very sad situation. Yeah, yeah. And I've just like you know had a nice meal and i've come out and like so just living with this contrasting sort of you know feeling and now more so than ever since after i've become a mom because i think i can speak for all mums when i say that there is this you know want and urge to be an excellent mother and then there's also this feeling of, you know, where you're gasping for air and like, yeah. just leave me alone. Like, uh, where is my identity? Where is my, you know, so that guilt of, you know, wanting to have your own life, detached life, but then also wanting to have, to be this amazing mom. So then what do you do? You just live with both these feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so many examples in my life, the more I think about it, so that's where this whole push and pull sort of comes on into my work as well. So it's um, hopefully it's not just pulling the viewer in, but it's also sort of bringing you out at some point and then pulling you back in. Hopefully, I don't know, but I'm still it, discovering that. It does feel to me, the viewer, um, we've just captured a moment in time as if it's like a, a planet spinning. There's a little bit of chaos in there. Yes. There's a lot of, it, there's order within that chaos or chaos within the order, whichever yeah. way, whichever way you look at it. And that I think is because I, again, I like to juxtapose like opposite contrasting things. So for example, I will take over the painting, but then I'll also let the painting take over, which is why I sort of paint in a larger scale. So this, so most of my paintings are bigger than me mm. um, um, and I like that I can actually get immersed in them uh, oh, see, so, I wasn't, oh, sorry I wasn't aware of the size because I've only ever seen yours on Instagram yes. there is, uh, there's a little video of you jumping in, in yeah. front of a painting <laughs> yeah. you put that up recently 
And that yes. was the first time I saw the scale of your work. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I paint in that scale so that I do have control, but then I don't as well. Mm. Because that's really, really, really important to me that the painting sort of takes over. So you'll see a lot of drips and stuff that I let them be. Um, when they're taking over, I just let them take over. And it wasn't until I zoomed, I zoomed in on, on one of your images and you can see that there is quite a lot of texture there as well. Yeah. You can't yeah. see that from, from a distance. No, I don't think like pictures or Instagram does justice to large works. No. But, but, but it is what we have, at least, you know, it's a good starting point. But yeah, um, textures, uh, what I really concentrate on is drawing and colour. And texture kind of just happens. But drawing is very immediate. Like even if you sort of like, uh, you know, want to compose music or make poetry I think line is so primal it's the mm. first instantaneous action of, of humans so that is so that's like really immediate for me and so that's what I mainly work with and then I layer up but then I also erase a lot and erasing doesn't necessarily mean wiping off the layer but it could mean um just putting on white or another color on top. So depends on what what's going on in my head at that time. Well, the one that I've seen of yours with a very bright orange, almost tangerine background. Yes. That is quite breathtaking <laughs> um, in, insofar as the color hits you straight away. But then when you look at it, you have put some darker tones in there. The darker tones that you've put inside do, do sort of numb that sensation. Yeah. So this is where my traditional BA um, uh, um, course sort of really comes into play because um, we had two main subjects uh, and it was primarily focused on painting, but one of them was portrait painting. So painting from life. Mm. So by the time I, uh, it was, you know, I finished my degree, I could actually see a lot of colors on the live model, apart from skin color. I could mm. see like violets and reds and blues and these kind of tones. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, that, that background. And I'm so glad that I can actually, I mean, I, I was actually taught to, traditionally draw and paint so that I can make a form look heavy, I can make a form look solid, or I can make a form look light, uh, fuzzy, whatever. Yeah, so I, mean, I really appreciate that teaching. I've never been to Mumbai, but I've had, there's friends that I have, and okay. they said that when they've gone to the markets, it's like an attack on all of your senses. Exactly. Because of the colours, the smells, the, the textures, the, the feel, the, everything. He said it's, it, it's almost like being attacked sensually, you know. Yes, absolutely. That's what I always tell people before visiting India or any sort of developing country is that please go with an open mind. Because yes, you've seen poverty and yes you've seen culture but it's gonna hit you mm. like nothing else and it's it's different it's just yeah it's buzzing in a different way and it is you're very right it's an attack on all your senses yeah it was in a positive way that he was saying it it wasn't a, yeah, yeah, positive, a, a negative positive. way um um, it's, it's, but look, it's, some people like it and some people hate it and mm. that's what it is. But that's why I don't shy away from my works getting very complex as well. 
because I've not made sense of life. I feel like my life is really complex, even though seemingly simple. And I'm quite happy with it being like that, you know? So if it's, if it's, if you have to spend a good few minutes looking at it, then I'm quite pleased with that. Oh yeah. Well, it's a type of work that invites a viewer in anyway and asks them to have a look around. You know, yeah. you can't just walk past and glimpse at yours. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not a, a gentleman sitting on a horse by any means, is it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when was your first interest in art? Cliched answer, but <laughs> <laughs> cliches are always good. Yeah, when I was since ever since I remember, really, Gary. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, yeah, it's not a I cliched like a lot answer. Of things. I like dancing and stuff as well. Yeah, but yeah, art. Yes, drawing and coloring. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Well, when was it you realised you wanted to be an artist? Uh, when I did really badly at science. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, when I had to think about what I really wanted to do, and I was like, I would be really bad at working under someone. And, like, I just want to explore this. And I really supported parents as well, because in India, you're either a doctor, an engineer, or you're no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? so, so that was amazing that I had such amazing set of parents to be like, yes, go for it. You're good at it. Like, good. do it. And, you know, so, so then I did my foundation course and there were still a lot of uh, options from there, like applied arts and like advertising. But my heart was just stuck at painting good. for some reason. And that's, yeah. Titles. I noticed you didn't put titles on your work. I have started now. If you see, like, my most recent work is called Portrait of Transience. I didn't say that. Yeah. And the other one was Happily Ambivalent. Nice. Yeah. Which, again, explains the whole... I didn't put titles in first. Um, and I always shied away from titles because um, I love that the viewers can take away... Mm whatever they want from the work. That's the beauty of abstract work, right? Like there is no hook. Like if I were to yeah. draw a rabbit, then that's your starting point as a viewer. Yeah. However yeah. abstract the rabbit is, that's your starting point as a viewer. But <clears throat> because I'm not giving you any, it kind of is like Duchamp called it um, viewer responsibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I love that. And um, I had this amazing experience. I don't know if you know my purple one that sort of, is is horizontal it's on my instagram but it's a purple looking painting which is which isn't vertical it's horizontal is it is it on like a, a creamy color background no the background is purple. oh sorry sorry like a pale purple but like there was this man that stood there for quite a long time and he got a bit like you know i want to say emotional but he was like my mum would have loved this. Oh, nice. And I remember nice. my mum, she's dead. And I was just like, oh my God, like, why? And he's like, these are her colours. This is her. She would have loved this. Oh, it's a good accolade, And I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to title my work again. Yeah. But, but, um, so that was the reason why for the longest time I didn't title my works. But now I've started approaching titles as being part of the work rather than me titling the work. So, and it's, so yeah, Portrait of Transients is pretty much what I just told you about how I like to capture a work in transit. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I was talking to Carolyn Banks about titles of work just the other day. Yeah. And sometimes where my my work is quite conceptual, sometimes the title needs to be there as a guide or a bridge to the viewer, just as a little explanation of what it's about, just give them the the starting point to where to start thinking. Yeah. Your work, by the way, Gary, sorry to interrupt. I love it. Oh, thank you. It's so amazing. And especially now, it's so relevant. It is, isn't it? It's in, funny how that's happened. I think I messaged you that as well. I was like, oh my God, this work with the, with the padlock and the, and the hands and the handcuffs. Is, oh my God. Yeah, I just wish everyone else would realise that and start buying them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would have sold out by now. I thought it was so relevant. But you did, didn't you, at, at uh, the last show? You sold some. I did. I did. That was that was very handy. Yeah. But yeah, the titles, they either work or they don't. It's, I, I never used to title my work. Yeah. Um, but then I realised that, for me, it benefited. And it was just like signing as well. I never yeah. used to sign the front of my work if it was yeah. a, a 2D work. I always used to sign it on the back. Yeah, because I I personally felt like it it ruined the illusion. Yeah. Um, but since I've started doing prints of my mm-hmm. work, then oh, I yeah. I have started signing. Even I've even got a stamp with my actual name Ooh, on it. Professional. So, yeah. Well, I, I just figured. Well, if I'm trying to sell these prints to a wider market, people yeah. who view them need to know who's made them because it's not always going to have the um, information sticker no. next to it, you know. Yeah. Do you sign I still yours? I sign my works at the back because, yeah. um, uh, A, I hate my signature and B, <laughs> B, whatever works I have signed, I'm like, how pompous is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, who the hell do I think I am? Like, let me just go at the back. I mean, another reason that I find that some people sign their work is that then that's telling them that they have finished. That is like a little um, warning to say, don't touch this painting anymore. Oh no, I don't, don't need to. I'm, just, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really happy with my, maybe if I ever like made prints or something, then maybe in the front, but still no, I still think I'd just sign at the back unless I'm really requested or something. I don't know. You mentioned just, be, I should have mentioned this earlier, when you mentioned prints, Will you be doing prints of your work? I have been asked this before, and um, I feel I quite like the fact that there is just one work of his own. Yeah, life I can see that. That there is no editions of, you know, I quite really enjoy that. But um, I've also been told by quite a few people to to like to make it a bit more accessible for people, you know, who, who want to have like smaller work. So yeah. I, I had given out postcards and stuff for free in my, in my um, previous shows and stuff. But yeah, prints is something I would consider. Um, yeah, I would consider it. But I, I quite like the fact that there is just one work and yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> Which piece that you've created has the strongest emotional connection? Hmm. Oh, I think all of them in different, different ways. Oh, this is tough. But I think my initial ones, when I actually started getting into this kind of style, when it was sort of the unknown to me and that, that you know, that butterflies in my stomach. Nice. 
that like what that what is this going to become like i love that and every work i'm dying to have the same experience of like oh my god what is this going to look like because nice. then when you discover something how did i make that like yeah, yeah. that and my last work um which was you know a big culmination of my whole experience of like childbirth and everything I think that looks a lot more complicated than the other ones, but I was very happy for it to look like that. Um, How do you get the idea for your next work? Is it already prepared when you've started the one you're on or does it develop out of the one you're on? So I work um, on one canvas at a time. That's just, uh, and I really admire how people can do like so many. So yes, when I finish something, I attempt that the next one has got nothing to do with the first one. Oh, like, nice. That, that's, that's my initial to say, how can I make it look as different and as new? Because if I've done something, I get really bored to like explore it in the same or similar fashion. It ends up looking similar because that's the idea. But uh, that's not how I approach it. So, yeah. So I missed your, so I forgot your question then. What, uh, uh, you've answered it which piece has the strongest emotional connection oh, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's pretty much I mean it, it is a regular answer in when the artist says the one I'm working on because mm. that's when they're putting their everything yeah into that unless they're working on like some artists can work on four or five canvases I can work on like time. many sketches at once um but yeah, uh, when I get this involved, because I work in like bouts, like small, small um, time frames. So I am not an artist you'll see in the studio for eight hours a day. Even if I am, I'm only working in like short spans, which is why you can see this much of, you know, dynamism, I guess. Mm. Um, because it's like thinking, thinking about it, stepping back a lot, observing it a lot, a lot. Like I need a lot of space um, and my studio now is tiny. So then I open, I open the door and I step outside <laughs> <of the> corridor. <laughs> and I'm like staring at it from outside. But yeah, I need that. So it's more like the work is all in my mind and then it's like 10, 15 minutes or like a half an hour, an hour of intense work. And then I stop again. Did you become an artist straight from leaving Chelsea? Um, yes, I think. Nice. Because my degree show was, was successful, I think. I, I sold. And, um, and then from there, I got invited into the Arts for India auction, which was held at the Kensington Palace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And then from there, I got another show. And then a couple of agents found me. And so it's sort of, yeah. So nice. It's fun. nice how how it develops like that. I mean, people can sort of scratch about for the years um, trying to do that. And when things fall in place, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. Yeah, I had, I had no connections, right, when I came to this country. I knew nobody. So it was literally like that. Yeah. You worked at Saatchi Gallery for a while. Yes. I just, uh, just applied as, a, as an intern and then sort of, you know, just to pay my bills, really. Good experience. I ended up staying there eight years. So that was quite a brave move to yeah. stop working there. Oh my God, it was the hardest decision. 
And then one fine day discussed it with my husband and said, you know, he's very supportive as well. And so he was like, yes, let's just do this. Let me just quit and get in this full time because I owe it to myself or I will be 80 and crying if I live that long or I'll just leave <laughs> back and crying about it. And then I ended up having a baby. And <laughs> I'm still, still, still standing by the doing it full time. Of course, I'll have to work for money, like, you know, some ad hoc jobs and stuff. But what do you do or where do you go to relax? Oh, well, annual trip to Mumbai, to my family, to my husband's family. So both our families are there. And do you and get time live... to relax though while you're there? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so look, so, I, so I'm blessed because my, my dad's home has this swing on his porch, which no one in Mumbai has because my grandfather built that house and it's, you know, it's a, it's a huge house compared to Mumbai standards. Yeah. So that swing on the porch, is just like my me time. I've got my headphones on and I can swing up until 2 to 3 a.m. in the night and like have the fresh polluted air of Mumbai City. And like, you know. Just was that it, swing there when you was a child? Yes, it's oh, such nice. a massive part of me growing up. And so many of my friends as well, they would just come over because they could just swing. And it's like my grandmother sat on the swing, my dad and like me, and it's just, it's just something so unique. And I keep telling my husband, one day, one day, we're going to have an indoor swing. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. That is a lovely so answer. Like, and, and, you can, and it's literally the way my house is situated. It's on the main road. Like, um, so there's like honking and a lot of cars <laughs> going by. Oh, it's not a relaxing and environment. And then me, like, you know, <laughs> bobbing back and forth <laughs> and saying hello to the people. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I miss that swing so much. <laughs> Prachi, yeah. if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. So let's do present then. Secondino Hernandez. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. Spanish, amazing Spanish abstract painter. Federico Herrera. Again, uh, he exhibited mm. Versace. Very nice, vibrant palette-like mine, I'd say. Uh, Sarah Z, an amazing uh, American artist who's like breaking all boundaries between painting and sculpture and installation. She is, oh my God, she's my girl crush. And then Cecily Brown, who oh, I love. Yeah. Um, I love her for her boldness, you know, and like, I remember seeing her works in Berlin and I was just blown away. She's pretty cool, right? She's amazing. And Katrina Gross or Grosse, her work's pretty colorful as well. So yeah, if they'll have me, these five amazing <laughs> living artists. And then the dead, um, Anthony Tapius, um, a Spanish artist who, caused this amazing mindset shift in me. If, if you were to ask me some of one person that's caused a mindset shift or inspired me, it's this dude, because he has like stuff stuck on the canvas, like mud and an actual oh, shoe. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that. And then I went to Barcelona and I saw his work in the flesh and it, it, there was this canvas like three times the size of me. And there was an actual chair stuck onto the <laughs> camera. I'm like, 
world is this guy thinking like what the hell is that and i just like sort of changed everything for me i don't know what it changed but i still paint with acrylic on canvas fuck oh my god that was like so yeah anthony tapia's monet rembrandt because he I, I looked at a lot of rembrandts when i was portrait painting and um let's say picasso john hoyland i could go on of course yeah if you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be? See, <laughs> I would love to, to, continue, to continue something in the sciences and I would have loved to, you know, be a physicist. A big word for me, but yeah, because I'm so interested in the theory of the black hole and like that, I don't know much about it, but like just the fact that there is this space time where you know, entire planets and even light sort of get sucked in. That just baffles me. That yeah. was like, what the Well, hell? you're saying about science. Yeah. When you look at your artwork, you know, like when you zoom a thousand times into a, an embryo or, yeah. or a piece of, you know, it could be something there. Or, or a black hole sucking things inside. Mm. It could be anything. But yeah, that is, that is quite, um, inspiring for me, Stephen Hawking, bless his soul. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of a strange question nowadays, but have you got anything coming up? The VR show. The <laughs> VR show, which is where we both met on the yeah. second VR show, yeah. which I'm was so glad I met you, Gary. earlier this month, and and likewise, and mm -hmm. we're both lucky enough to be in the next VR show, which is on yes. the fourth of June. So happy. Yes, 4th of June from 6 to 9. I think we've changed the timings. We'll have the link on www.me-art.show. And um, yeah, three hours. We'll all be there on our individual Zoom rooms. And other than VR, where can anyone see your work? On my website and on my Instagram. So my website is Prachigothi, so P-R-A-C-H-I-G-O-T-H-I dot com. And Prachigothi is my Instagram handle as well. So <clears throat> I wasn't using Instagram a lot before, but now I'm on it. And hopefully you'll see a lot more work <laughs> Good. on Instagram. And have you got a lot more to put on there? Yes, coming up. I'm, I'm working on it. So, so yeah. Right, well, Pratchy, that's yeah. all my questions asked. Oh, lovely, Gary. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And I'm Thank so you. glad to have uh, met you and worked alongside you. Pratchy, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Gary. Bye. Bye. There we are, Pratchy Gothy. How about that? Now, go over to her Instagram channel, because believe me, so vibrant are some of her colours, they more or less take your breath away. And as we was both talking about there, we're both a part of the V Art Show, which is like an online art fair. And it's a bloody amazing concept, devised by a couple of artists in reaction to this isolation period. I urge you to go over to their website, which is www.v-art.show. Just gonna have a look at the lineup of artists. And if you're feeling brave, Pop over and talk to us on the 4th of June, between 6 and 9pm. Don't forget to clap at 8. So that will do from me. A quick little intro and outro. 
But I would just like to say R.I.P. to George Floyd. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just type into Google George Floyd arrest. I'll leave it there. No, fuck it. I won't leave it there. I got told to watch this video earlier on of yet another black man being arrested and dying in America. So the video was nine minutes long and you can just see this black man laying on the floor. It turns out he was handcuffed. You can see one cop kneeling on his neck and you presume the other um, knee is possibly between his shoulder blades. And there is another cop just a couple of feet away keeping the bystanders at bay. And out of shot there is another, I think it's another two officers on his abdomen or on his middle of his back and on the back of his legs which are out of shot and this fucking man is pleading please get off me I can't breathe I can't breathe the cop on his neck isn't even looking at him just paying no attention to him at all the bystanders are starting to get a little bit agitated with the cop leaning on his neck but they're being pushed back by the cop who's standing up all the time the guy on the floor George Floyd He's saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. You can hear another cop in the background saying, get up, get up. And he's saying, I can't, which he fucking obviously couldn't. And after several minutes of various bystanders trying to get the cop to stand up and take the weight off of his neck, the cop pulls out his fucking mace gas and points it at the crowd. Then after a few minutes more, George Floyd becomes even more slow in his speech. He's still pleading for the guy to get off of his neck. In the end, he stops even making a noise. And the crowd are saying he's non-responsive. Get off, get off, he's non-responsive. For three fucking minutes, the cop is still putting all of his weight on the neck of this guy. And all the time, the shitbag still refuses to get off. And then when the ambulance does turn up, the paramedic checks his pulse. Then they turn him over like a fucking piece of meat. They just flop him on the trolley. And that's the last we see. And I know this ain't really the platform to be getting sort of political. But when is this shit gonna stop? I've read somewhere that all four cops have been sacked. And that the Minneapolis police are investigating. Fucking investigating. Anyone else would have been charged with murder by now. They'll probably just end up getting done for some fucking code violation. And that fucking half-wit president will probably come out saying what a great job the Minneapolis police are doing fucking idiot and if it does go to court he'll probably stand up in front of an all-white jury that end up falling for his bullshit sob story because if you think the police tactics are shocking you want to see their judicial system because if you're non-white and poor you have not got a fucking chance and then they go into the prison system what's a fucking legalized slave trade the people over there in power who can make a change you want to hold your fucking heads in shame Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.